I'm Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Barbie Armenta with me as we have a conversation around Matthew 10, where the Lord led her and what he is teaching her. Barbie is an author, a speaker, and a coach, and her passion is sharing the story of God's redeeming love and grace in her life, which she and her husband share in their book called The Right Combination, Finding Love and Life After Divorce. Her other passion is helping women discover and embrace their true identity, value, and purpose. So welcome, Barbie. I'm really glad that you are here with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, um, tell us a little bit more about you. What what are some things that we should know about you before we get started? Well, besides the things that you said, being a writer and all those things, I am a um, I have a big blended family. So I, my husband and I have four kids together. We have about to have our fifth grandchild. So together we have almost fifteen of us. <laughs> so we have a big growing family. <laughs> That's wonderful. And you just told me that you're also empty nesters though. So you're enjoying that season of life. Yes, for sure. That's what I, um, we became empty nesters. We moved to Fort Worth and lived my fixer upper dream and got to redo a house that was like, it's 80 years old. And so it's been super fun. Yeah. That's really what an adventure. I love that you are living out some of those dreams. Well, hey, before we get started, I do want to give us a quick reminder about the passage that we're in. So I'm going to read it for us. And as a reminder, this is actually Jesus speaking, and we're kind of picking up this conversation midstream. These are some words of encouragement and exhortation that he's giving to his disciples. So this is a reading of Matthew 10, 26 through 31. So do not be afraid of them. For there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth far more than many sparrows. All right. So Barbie, there's a lot of different things packed into that passage. So I'm curious, as you did this process of Lectio Divina, asking the Lord to draw your attention to a word or phrase, where did he take you? Mm -hmm. It was really good. I really enjoyed going through the scriptures in that way. And and there was a couple of different things that he showed me. Um, One, I was kind of reminded of when we feel like we're in the dark, 
how God sees us. And I was really thinking back to my, um, my ex-husband, I had been in a um, mostly verbally abusive marriage that, and everything happened mostly at night. And so I just, that time of re- really being in the dark and that um, God sees us, that he could still, once I got the courage to leave, restore that. And, and what was concealed was revealed. I didn't have to say anything. Just God started shining a light on my past and what that was and just allowing me to heal without feeling, you know, like I had to do some, be vengeful. You know what? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. He just handled that and everything was revealed and I didn't have to. And so that was one thing that was surprising because the first, because I read it several times as, um, as you said, and that wasn't the first thing, but I, but since it comes first in the passage, I wanted to, to address that because, and then at the end where he says, um, you're worth more. I was like, you know, we're worthy of being mm-hmm. seen in those dark places. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot. And then just the one other thing was just that proclaim it from the rooftops, because our story needs to be heard. Our testimony is what brings him glory. But I think we hold ourselves back sometimes from proclaiming it as loudly as we should. And for maybe a lot of things, fear of judgment, what will people think, or even that feels like it's bragging and but God's no respecter of persons. We should be inspired. If he did it for you, he'll do it for me. You know, if he Mm -hmm. did it for me, he'll do it for you. And so those were some of the, my immediate thoughts. So yeah. Wow. That's a lot. I love all of those things. Um, and how personal it was to you, mm-hmm. um, which I think is just what the Lord does and his tenderness, um, mm-hmm. is reminding us of even how he has provided, how he has brought you through those things. So I'm curious as you kind of, you know, kept kind of pursuing this with the Lord and asking him, okay, so how does this apply to my life right now? Mm-hmm. Where did, where did you go with that? I actually took immediate action. (laughs) Like I, that proclaiming it, I know that in my, my life, that that's what I feel called to do. I feel called to share, but also helping other women share their stories. That's what I have this passion for getting, helping get stories into the world. And so um, I immediately made a change, like just on my Facebook of, of a place that I hadn't a group that I had kind of closed for a while. And I thought I need to, it's time to reopen that because this, we need to be sharing. I want to have a place where I can share what God's done, but also give a space for other women to do the same because we need to be proclaiming what he's done. Yeah. I love that. So it feels like there was almost this like nudge slash, maybe a little bit of a conviction to, to take some action and do something a little differently. Um, which good job you for jumping on that. I'm super impressed. I think a lot of times we're like, okay, I'll pray about that. And I'll keep, I'll keep seeking you and see, yes. uh, seeing what you want. Did, was this kind of a series of arrows? I know sometimes that's how the Lord speaks to me is I'll get a nudge over here and a nudge over here. And it's like mm-hmm. a sacred echo. Um, was that your experience with this or was this kind of out of the blue, you need to do this and you just jumped on it? It's been a little bit, I had a a girlfriend saying something to me the other night and then the next morning, the podcast kind of echoed it. 
And then um, when I, t- I mentioned it to her, she goes, oh, you should ignore that. It's probably a coincidence. Just kidding. Cause she knew it wasn't, uh-huh. then you had given me the scripture and it felt, I love that you just pray and, and give me something and you not knowing at all what's going on with me and just how that really speaks to me of, I know that we need to all be proclaiming from the rooftops and mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, is there anything else that maybe the Lord drew your attention to, or that even perhaps surprised you about this process as you went through it? Well, if I was going to choose something to talk about today, it would not have been what happened in my divorce. I'm now I've been married for almost 10 years. I was a single mom for almost seven. Like, I feel like it was a long time ago now. And I, you know, those things happen and we want to move past it. And I just think, okay, God, when am I going to not talk about divorce? And I, so I kind of, when that came up, I wanted to ignore it. But then I realized there's so many people, I know so many people that during 2020 and 2021, that their marriage has ended. And I think people need to know that we're seen and we're worthy and that, you know, he can restore and we, then we are to proclaim what he's done. But just that first part of just knowing that, um, you know, we're worth more than the sparrows Mm -hmm. and that if he sees us in those dark places. Mm, That's beautiful. And it's such a sacred echo for me because I feel like a lot of times when I enter into this process, I kind of have an idea of where I want the Lord to take me and what I want to talk to him about. And often he has something else that he wants to talk to me about. And I think you're right. Being open to the spirit to say, you know what? It's okay that I have been married for 10 years and was divorced seven years prior to that. And Mm -hmm. it's okay that this is still the story that needs to be told because you're using it. There's hope and encouragement to share from that. Well, I'd love to, since you brought it up, (laughs) I'd love to talk a little bit about that because I really enjoyed reading your book, The Right Combination, Finding Love and Life After Divorce. It's a very intimate book in many ways. Like You are very transparent and open about the process that you and your husband, now husband, went through mm-hmm. in dating and really seeking the Lord and just the questions you had. And it felt like for me, similar, I'm going to tie it to this passage a little bit, that you had to confront a lot of fear. And one of the things that I highlighted in this passage for me is this mm-hmm. whole do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, as you surrendered your plan over to God. Um, you know, and of course Jesus here is actually encouraging the disciples to not be afraid of people that are going to come after them and falsely accuse them and, uh, do things to them. And so that wasn't necessarily like you weren't in physical danger. Um, mm-hmm. but you still had to confront your fears. So I'd love to just hear you talk a little bit about mm-hmm. that journey and how did you push through some of those fears so that you could do things Jesus's way versus the world's way or your way? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so much there as well. Like, um, I had, I was journaling a lot after my divorce. And so, and I always thought if anyone ever read my journals, I would just die. And then here we are putting excerpts from my journals and out there for the world to see. And it was very, it was difficult. It was vulnerable. It was, um, 
challenging in a lot of ways, but I know that God wanted to use that because when I got divorced, I really thought it was over for me. It was actually my second divorce. And so I just thought, God can't bless me now. I can't have that big family and the big family gatherings that I always dreamed for. And then he's definitely proven me wrong by now we have 15 of us and we all gather together. But in that right in the beginning, I just didn't think that was possible. And when I met my now husband, he had gone through a dark period himself and gone through a divorce and um, dealt with some addiction issues. And he had surrendered everything to Christ, including his dating life, as we read, which meant no sex outside of marriage. And I was about to turn 40 when I met him and I didn't really grow up in church. So that was never a thing. But at that stage, I definitely didn't feel like that was where I was at. And I just kept thinking, if God would just work on this guy, we could move this whole thing along. Mm -hmm. And really, God just wanted to work on me. And and it was really just, he didn't allow me to get too close because he had, Richard had never dated that way either. And so he kind of had a wall up and kept me at a distance. And but that kept pointing me to God. And so I keep, I always joke that God used this good looking guy to point me back to him <laughs> and cause he really did. And, and so during that time, it was just really me and the Lord and me getting comfortable with the silence in my house when my kids weren't there and that feeling of loneliness and finding contentment in my own life outside of the man in my life. Cause I'd been married since I, I was 20 and didn't really know how to be alone. And God wanted me to look to him for my value and my identity. So that's so good. I think, you know, I'm when you, that word that, or the phrase that you just said, um, getting used to being alone and the quiet around you. And I think even sometimes in marriage, we have to adjust to that. Like when the children leave the nest, right. You're in another adjustment phase of there's a lot more quiet around us. And when we've lived in this season of just caring for people and people needing, and just, you know, all the demands, especially if you've had children, all the demands of raising children, and then they leave, there's this, this resettling and having to get used to a whole Mm -hmm. new way of living. I think I'm sure, um, when people retire, I, you know, moved out of a really busy full-time career. And there's just a whole other resettling and getting used to the quiet again. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think the noise does a couple of things. One is it numbs us. Um, and it, it falsely can fill us sometimes. Mm -hmm. And two, I think it, it can distract us from what God really wants to teach us. So I love how you, uh, just articulated that. And, um, are you, are you, guys having to do a little bit of that. I mean, you just, you, you went and bought a house to renovate. So maybe that got noisy again, but <laughs> yes. um, are you feeling like that's happened again or I have, but it's also, we have this reverse situation of normally you get married and you have the season of just the two of you. And then you have the kids. We never got to have that. I had three boys. He had a daughter. And so we were immediately surrounded by so many people. So there's, Parts of it we're really enjoying and, and they're all close. So they're all in and out and sometimes too, but yes, it's definitely an adjustment, but it's kind of a fun adjustment for us. That's sweet. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, your whole ministry is not 
formed around telling the story of God's redemption and healing through divorce and into remarriage. Mm -hmm. You also have a ministry brave one Mm -hmm. where you're helping women embrace who they really are. You know, again, I think that's pushing past a lot of fear because I think fear is like this thing that just creeps up Mm -hmm. and holds us back from who we can really be. So tell me a little bit about how did that ministry come about and just tell me a little bit about it. It's um, really interesting. It's so brave is an acrostic for the lessons that I learned really through that dating period with Richard, because God was trying to help me find my own identity and who I was instead of that people pleasing and trying to be who I thought someone wanted me to be or who I was supposed to be. And so um, for brave, the B is for beautiful, which is really about our identity in Christ and just how we're wonderfully made. Um, The R is for restored because no matter where we are or what we've been through, God's in the business of redeeming and restoring our lives. The A is for authenticity because we're made perfectly on purpose uh, just the way we are, you know, it's okay. If you want short hair, long hair, you know, whatever it is, whoever you are, you know, that's, that's how he made us perfectly. The V is for vulnerability. We have a desire to be seen and known in love, but that feels like risk because what if it's not enough, you know, and then the E is for empowered. And that's the good news because we're empowered by the Holy spirit to have and be all that, that God created us to be. And, um, I would say everything that I do within Brave One is about that. It's um, and it's curating stories that need to be heard. So with the Brave Gathering or through the blog, I'm getting other women's voices that can talk about a lot of different topics. Um, the Brave Gathering is our annual event, and it's held in October. And that's we have five women. It's different. Some of the speakers are different every year, but just telling real stories. It's a so that we can be inspired that the road that we're on is paved, you know, that mm. someone has gone before us and that God is with us. That's great. And I'm assuming it's in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, it has been in Fort Worth. Well, 2020, we went virtual. Ah, um, did not <laughs> want to do global. <laughs> it global. We actually were in 10 States and two countries um, in 2020. Last year, we did hold it in Fort Worth. Um, I am assuming I will do that again, but I'm kind of leaving that open for God right now. I've just, holding it loosely and letting him bring all the the pieces together. Yes. It's hard to plan things like that in this world that we're living in. (laughs) Well, um, thanks for sharing that with us. So you've got a blog and you do this conference. Um, Are you working on any other projects that you're you can share I, with us. I am. I'm hoping that by the time this is out, I'm going to have some online courses available. That's going to be specifically um, in that period of starting over, whether it's after divorce. Um, I've had a lot of women in my life that have been widowed. Um, just that later, you know, midlife season of just transitions. That's that's what that's going to be for. So it should be out um, by mid March, and then. Um, Working on a book, that's going to probably be a little longer, <laughs> but it's Can coming. Can you tell us what it is? Uh, it'll be based on um, All Things Brave. So oh, we yeah. finished the right combination and our editor said, I feel like you have a brave book up your sleeve. And that was been over a year ago and I'm still trying to get that worked out. Figure it out. I, well, I love it. I know it's, it's a lot of work to write a book. 
I get that. Well, Barbie, I would love to know, you know, as you have are in this season of your life running a ministry, um, and just how are you cultivating and creating space for God in your life? What is that looking like in this season for you? That's such a great question because I haven't thought about it in that way. I mean, I spend my morning time, you know, I, I get in my devotional, um, I'm, I go to events and things, but for myself, it's such a daily part of our lives. You know, my husband and I definitely continue to try to put God first in our life all the time. We talk, talk about it with our kids. So it's set, he's so in the middle of everything, but my, for me intentionally is just my morning time without that, without spending time in God's word. I did not grow up in church and did not start reading the Bible till I was 32. I'm 53 now. That's not a very long amount of time really to be in the word. And so, but I love it so much. So Mm -hmm. without that time of just getting in his word and, and doing things like, I love the way that, that you set it up um, Mm -hmm. to take those scriptures and to to really meditate on that. And so that will become a part of my Oh, good. Well, yes, I love introducing people to this practice, especially uh, those of us who tend toward being kind of Bible students. I think it's really helpful mm-hmm. um, to go to move a little way away from uh, reading the Bible for information and letting the formation piece really happen um, yeah. and just slowing down. I think just intuitively, as I read God's word, I'm always doing this Lectio process. Mm-hmm. Um, it's become a little less formal. I mean, I do it formally when I'm either listening to the podcast or mm-hmm. I'll set aside some time to do it formally, but otherwise I'm just always praying and asking the spirit, where do you want me to stop? Mm-hmm. What do we need to talk about? And um, so, yeah, so I'm glad that can be a part of a, a new practice for you. Yes. I'm excited about it. <laughs> yay. Yay. So since you were kind of new to this Lectio Divina process, was there anything that was surprising to you or did you feel like even resistance perhaps to the process or anything like that? Just where, what was that like for you to enter into something like this? That was new. Mm-hmm. Get, getting rid of the distractions first, because, you know, you said start with just breathing and listening. And my husband is really loud. <laughs> he laughs loud. He talks loud. He cannot help it. He's in there. I could hear my son's footsteps outside because he was here. And I'm like, is he wondering if I'm doing something? So it was just like, there was so much noise happening around me. And so that was probably the biggest part was allowing me to quiet myself and tune them out and just kind of be in that moment with God. But once I did, it was, um, yeah, I wasn't hearing them anymore and was able to hear from God. It was, it was good. I love that. That is, um, I think that's really real because I think it's the distractions that tend to threaten any time that we spend with the Lord. Um, and I think every single one of us can nod our heads and be like, yes. And amen. Because if I get up early, uh, the dog threw up or the kids got (laughs) up or, you know, there's always something that feels like it is 
wanting to pull our attention away from what it is that the Lord wants us to do, or just even, um, there's an author, his name is James Brian Smith, and he calls it the monkeys in our head, (laughs) these thought monkeys that are just like bouncing around. I'm like, oh, that's such a beautiful description of what I feel like is happening in my head when I try to settle my soul and be present Mm -hmm. to the Lord. So thank you for sharing that. I hope that's encouraging to everybody else as well. Well, Barbie, it has just truly been a delight to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Well, tell us where can we find you? You can find me on um, Facebook, just um, Barbie Armenta. You can find me on um, Instagram. I'm Spa Barbie. I spent 30 years working in the beauty industry and the spa part has just stuck. So I'm spa Barbie on Instagram. And then my website is brave and the number one.net. Awesome. Well, I will link all of that in the show notes as well. Well, thanks again, Barbie. And I just want to also thank you all for joining me and Barbie on so much more today, where we do believe that Jesus has so much more to say to us. And we are creating space to listen. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.